0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast for and by successful business people who also deal with the pain and frustration of chronic illness. Here's Nancy Becker. Today, we're talking with a great expert that I can't wait to chat with and hear some wonderful ideas from. Her name is Alexis Jarrett, and I am going to let you introduce yourself, Alexis, Thank you for being a part of the show. And I'm really looking forward to hearing you with your conversation today.
1: (laughs) Thank you for having me. Uh, My name is Alexis Jarrett, like you stated on social media and everything. I go by Alexis M creative. So I have sickle cell disease. That's the um, chronic illness link that we have in common. And I, of course, sickle cell disease is the largest and most common genetic disorder in the world. Primarily affects people of color, uh, people of Hispanic origin, and people who were um, have roots in the Mediterranean, Sicilian areas. Anywhere where there has been tropical air um, and you were born there, sickle cell disease primarily affects people of that descent, Sicilian, Italian, all those different things. And mainly what this disease does is that it, when the body does not have enough oxygen or is not getting the right amount of nutrients for whatever reason, the blood cells go from that very plump round donut shape almost um, to into a sickle versus the name. So I'm almost like your half moon and it can be an incredibly painful disease. It also causes over time long-term organ damage. the average life expectancy is about 40. Um, it used to be known as the childhood killer simply because you know so many doctors they, they couldn't scientists couldn't really get control of it. Now medicine has caught up and most people are you know able to live healthier lives. but being very honest with you, um, medical breakthroughs for sickle cell disease have taken years. To come through the pipeline. Um, as recently as the last, I would say, two to three years have there been more than about two mainline um, drugs to treat sickle cell disease as far as the symptoms. So this disease, as far as American research, um, is just now getting the attention that it needs. How it impacts my life daily? I deal with chronic pain and i'm also a business owner working from home so it can be a bit of a challenge and the best way to describe the chronic pain i will say for the ladies imagine the worst menstrual cycle you've ever had in your life that pain concentrated in your joints your bones your lower back you can have a sickle cell crisis where those blood cells get stuck anywhere in the body so you know, sickle cell patients have suffered in everything from strokes to heart attacks, um, liver failure, kidney failure, and you name it, it, it has happened, the bone dying and bones dying because they don't get enough oxygen. So that is, you know, a pain crisis is one is the thing you try to avoid. So the best thing is, you know, stay hydrated, stay rested, get healthy foods in your system. And that balance that struggle of, time, rest, work has always been a delicate balancing act in my life um, because of sickle cell. So there have been seasons where I have had to make like major big decisions, like choosing not to work or all those different things just to manage a disease. But that's a little bit about me. Just that's from
0: fascinating. The- and, and a lot of that I did not know. And I thought I was pretty up on most of the stuff. And, <laughs> and um, I did not realize a lot of that. And for most of, for me, I have, I have a whole plethora of things. I've got diabetes, I've got, you know, everything its on, I've got that coma. I could uh, lose my eyesight. I could, you know, I can't walk any longer, all of these things. But there's nothing really life-fying in any of that. You know, where whereas it you've just knocked it up a whole nother level because <laughs> yeah. there, there's something you know, so I go, what's the worst thing that's gonna happen if I overdo it? I'm gonna be in extremely bad pain, but if I right. stay in bed for a week, I'll get better. Yeah. You, y- you can't necessarily say that. So right. that, that means an entirely different thing when it comes to business. You know, it it means an entirely different thing when it comes to life in general. But when, when you talk about, I'm a business owner, first of all, tell us what it is that you do for business.
1: So I am a creative brand consultant. I have been um, on accident in the marketing and communication world since 2007 I started out as a radio personality and following my friends um decided in college, hey let's change my major to communication, marketing, that sort of thing. So I changed from a psych major to communication and I've been on that road ever since. And what I noticed and when the light bulb went off was um, especially now during the whole COVID thing, is uh business owners who were, you know, in the baby boomer phase really not being too tech savvy, not really enjoying being on Facebook all day, but being that mom and pop business, that small business owner that still wants to grow, still wants to keep up with technology. But one of two things are happening. They don't have the time. They don't have the energy. And so my job, what I do daily is take the torture out of tech and marketing for servant leaders who grow their brands online. So My clients come to me for everything from, hey, Alexis, um, could you, you know, run the Instagram account for us, the Facebook page, you know, just to help us generate leads, get some things going, all the way to, hey, my website looks like it may need to be refreshed because I'm not getting any business what's happening. So two hats I wear with helping people with branding is, number one, helping them with their brand's voice voice and getting their copy down, their mission, their words, all those things. And then we slide over to the visuals. And so that is of course, you know, brand packages, logo design, that whole thing. But I got into business on accident with design, but as I kept growing, I noticed the just innumerable amount of people that did not have a business plan and they jumped headfirst first into marketing. They wanted everybody to know about them. They want their logos right, their flyers, all the, everything to match, but they didn't, couldn't tell you how their product was going to change you, what problem they were solving, and how much it was for. So, <laughs> and why should I come to your site? <laughs> yes. Well, and
0: you know, that's very interesting and totally off the subject of what I was going to talk to you about, but let's yes. dig a little bit into this because I see this yes. happening a lot. Um I will be on different groups, and I'm one of those baby boomers, but I have had computers and technology my entire life. I can remember when I was in undergraduate school, I was taking a math class, a statistics class, and we were using computers. It wasn't this laptop I'm talking on. It was one of these big old mainframes that did the hole punches. Skin yes crap out of
1: me. I remember that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I figured it out and I did it. And you know, so I I love technology. But I get in these Facebook groups and I see these women posting. I want to be in business for myself. Tell me what it is I should do. Right. And I just want to shake them and go. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) not the way to do it. Not the way to do it but you're absolutely right i think there's there's a big difference between marketing on the top level thinking about my little pink pigs and my you know penny the pig bot and those things are fun but when you when you get to thinking about what is it how much money do i need to make in order to have a sustainable business. What's the difference between profit and revenue? Those things aren't fun. Right. I don't right. want to talk about those things. Correct.
1: You know, Correct. So
0: why in the world should I have a business plan? I don't want to even think about a business plan. Let's talk about what fun posts I can put up on Facebook
1: today. On Facebook. Right, to get attention and it's it's hard it's one of those things where um, you can so easily be led astray by your own thoughts. You know, most of us don't think about just the basics of business. Okay, you see a problem, you want to solve it. Can you solve this problem for multiple people? Is, is it just a, is it just an idea in your head? And what happens when you know the cost to run all these tools on the internet is costing you more than what you're actually bringing in from the business? so you know those basic simple things sometimes um in my my line of work i have to educate the client pretty much and so i spend a lot of time educating so i thought to myself i was like you know what alexis it may be time to build an online course so that's what i did and i got it out of beta testing mode so my next step is to you know run with it a brand course but the course teaches business fundamentals And the last thing we tackle is social media and marketing. And of course, that's the part that makes everybody light up is when they get to the end. But if I have not walked you through a great process, I'm not a great consultant and your success is my success. So um, it's hard slowing people down sometimes and, you know, they kick and fight. But if we don't understand how the business works and what it's doing, there's no point in us looking pretty on social media (laughs) and having a nice website.
0: (laughs) As a marketer, though, I think one of, or for any of us in business, in itself, and you said something that was very interesting. Um, finding a problem and taking it to the people, but in marketing, am I not correct in that you you should not focus on what the problem is; you should focus on what people want. And Correct. what do people want and how can you support that?
1: Correct, exactly. And that's why um my first step into the business, like my base little step, is a course called Perfect Target Customer Training. Because so many people they want to come and they're like, Well, I just know I got this idea. Okay, what who is it for? Because if you have no understanding of who is it for, you know, we want to talk about our niche and different things like that but what if your niche is wrong and what if what you're offering is not what the market is asking for right now it could be a very good idea but if it's ill-timed it's not it's not going to make sense to anyone and so that's why you know we just have a world that because of social media people have just become driven by being seen um versus having their foundation correct and that is absolutely right is okay let's just go ahead and make sure that we've tested this idea and that it works for a group of people. And if it could work for five people and solve their need, then it can work for 500. Like scaling is not an issue. We just have to make sure that we have done our job and it works. So, yeah, I, I, I just run into so much of the, uh, the heartbreak of the person who I have to back that and get them to realize that the good, it was a great idea but it's not working (laughs) well and how and
0: I find that so often in fact I had this conversation with someone yesterday Mm -hmm. and it was it was a very interesting conversation because she wants to do something that I did for 11 years Mm
1: -hmm. so I'm
0: very well acquainted with what it is she wants to do And I'm telling her, you know, I'm not telling you not to do it. What I'm telling you to do is to sit down because it's a very hard go. That's why Mm -hmm. after 11 years I quit. I couldn't do it. You know, she's got chronic illnesses. I said, really sit down and figure out if it's not only something that you want to do, but it's something that other people want and what it's going to take to do it. She argued and argued and argued, well, you know, I really want to give this a try and I could do it for a couple of months. And if it doesn't work, then I'll give up on it. How do you get people to hear you when you tell them this may be a very good idea but let's come at it from a different direction
1: um I think you have to let them fail I mean you you truly um there there is no there's no lesson like failure you really have to let people fail um and a lot of times I think the hard part is um watching them go through that process but then just kind of knowing hey you know, if if you're if you are set on doing this, and I've warned you, go go do it, go do it. I I'll, I'll be here, I'll cheer you on. But when it gets difficult and you run into the things that I said, this is going to happen. I'm not gonna rub it in your face, but you really do sometimes have to just let people fail. And I think that the hard part is um, making yourself available when that second conversation comes and they're like, you know what, you're you're right. Like, this I
0: told awesome.
1: you so. I told you so. Right, and you know you I would never do be,
0: that, but you know, right.
1: <laughs> you don't want to be the "I told you so" person, but no. I, I think that's one of the hardest things sometimes about my relationships with people is being the "I told you so" person in their life. But I have to, you know, just have to handle things with grace with people because some people's sensitivities are, are difficult. But mm-hmm. I do know that failure is just an excellent teacher. Sometimes we we want well thought out paths and really smooth, smooth roads, but failure is just uh, a great teacher. So you, you have to just allow a person sometimes to fail. And my clients, the thing about it is, is like after I've consulted you through a process, I I learned from a very great business coach of mine, you know, not to uh, make those discovery calls free and those initial just talk talk to conversations free so that, when you go and do something that makes no sense, I have at least been paid for the time that I've said it to you. Good idea. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So so I've I've at least gained something. And if it doesn't work and if we're not a good fit, it's okay, you know, but you know, you, you teach a person up front that your time is valuable. The Business Success Unlimited Patreon page is now live. Patreon is a simple way for you to contribute to this podcast every month and in return You'll get exclusive benefits, such as a monthly live Q&A with Nancy and a business book club. If you're interested in becoming a VIP, we would really appreciate your support in keeping our independent production going. You can find a link to our Patreon page at DontWaitTillPigsFly.com. Thank you so much. I told them, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll talk you through it. But, um, or, or talk with you about what you want to know, but, you know, I just want to let you know that you, you have to have a viable business and viable business model. And it's good to get counsel. It's just, it's really good to just get help. So, yeah,
0: yeah. I love it. I love it. That's exactly. And the bottom line is if someone's not going to listen to you, you know, and they're determined they're going to do it their own way, then they're probably not a real good client for you. You know.
1: Correct. And I think that is the beauty of a discovery call. You, you get that feel right there in the beginning of, is this going to work? Is this not going to work? It's a buffer to you making sure that, you know, it took me a while to learn that it's okay to tell people, no, I don't think we're a good fit. And after hearing your idea, I don't know if I'm the person to help you further. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Just, just being able to just be upfront. Yeah.
0: Now let's turn this a little bit and because what you do is very creative. It takes the energy and it takes the brain power and the thought and all of that put into action to accomplish something for somebody else. How do you do that when you may at any day and time be in a lot of pain? How do you manage those two things?
1: I think the beauty is is that when it comes to that first initial discovery meeting, I'm just up I'm an, an upfront communicator, and I think that one of the things that I began to notice it was a, a unintentional pattern that I noticed about myself looking back. I pick clients who don't need rush projects, so. If we space things out over a four to six week period, I tell people that upfront that okay, a full brand process is going to take four to six weeks. So in that four to six week period, I could block out time for myself to just relax, and to know. Uh, number two, I put things in what's called block scheduling. So block scheduling has been a technique that has changed my life because I really did it used to be like all over the place, like like. All of my events and daily tasks would just bleed into one another. And I would find myself being that burned out, exhausted business owner who was like, I can't even count or enjoy the money I earned or what I'm doing because my clients and my process of handling work uh, really like like invades my day. So one of the things that I've learned um, from a friend of mine is I I dump all of the things that I have going on in my brain swirling at the beginning of the week. And then I look over my schedule and I go back and I break every task up into two hour chunks. So, and then I put a deadline on it. Um, I've learned that you, you quickly realize when you block schedule that some things just flat out take longer than what you thought. The client knows it'll take about four to six weeks. And then I also do what I call client check-ins. So for people who I know I'm doing a project for with when the deadline is longer, after about a month, If I haven't hit a deadline or or two or three weeks, I ask to just check in with them and we set a date on the calendar just so I can see how they're doing and they can know how I'm doing. And it keeps us both accountable. And so I schedule naps during the day. So that two hour block schedule, Um, some clients try to get in their mind, uh, you know, well, she's on Facebook and she she working on my stuff. I've had that happen to me in the past before. And I don't keep those people around for long, long, but I definitely have days where, you know, because of block scheduling, if I need to take a nap, I'm going to take a nap. If I need to relax, I'm going to relax. And then the worst that can happen, honestly, I refund people their money. If it's not within my capacity to do anymore, if I get really sick this past year, I ended up contracting COVID summer of last year, I had a major sickle cell crisis that landed me on my butt for a very long time. It was, it took me about a month, a month and a half to really recover. Um, That was some of the worst. It was one of the worst crises I had ever been through. So I will just say that I don't mind sending people a refund and I've done it before.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. and I think that that's gonna go into my next question because I think that's important. And one of the things you had put down on our little survey that you answered before we got together was the difference. Let me see if I can find the wording. Um, learning that your identity was not illness. Correct. Yeah, you know, I, I think that's really, really, really important. I, for myself, I feel like, for me, I have to be very open and honest and say, hey, this is what I've got. These are the conditions. I go to the doctors all the time. I this, I that, I the other thing. There are only certain times and certain things that I can do. But that doesn't mean that's who Nancy is. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, Talk to us. Talk to us a little bit about that.
1: Um, I had to learn that. Um, I think honestly the reason that I've learned that so well is because of my relationship with my mom and my family. Um, they just they kind of never withheld events, activities, and things for me to do growing up because I was special in some way. Like my mom, from being a kid, had me involved in ballet, a marching band, t- you know, tumbling, all all those things. And if I came to her and said, "Hey, I don't feel well," then we treated what was happening in the moment. But my mom, you know, and my, my aunts, my family, they never assigned my personality and skill set to my disease. The only time I ever got a no growing up was when I wanted to be on the track team because I was just obsessed with track. My mom was like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. But other than that, uh, once I get in high school, I was in the marching band for all four years and it was it was fine on my body. And so... I think the good thing is that that mindset has carried over that I am not my disease. There's so much more to me than this. My faith has a lot to do with it. I don't necessarily see myself as a sick person. Now, being someone who has sickle cell disease and who is living my life, I pretty much know my life would have probably taken this track in some form of fashion, whether I had sickle cell or not because marketing and communication was, you know, was my field. Like it's, it's where I think I have always just been wired from birth to be being a storyteller. So in some sort of way, this would have been my field. But I think that my background and my history, I just don't, um, I see myself as a chronically healed warrior. I don't see myself as a person who, you know, now I, I know my limits in the middle of the day, two o'clock, one o'clock, gotta go to a doctor's appointment every month checkups and check-ins um so I just don't hold myself to a standard that I think is really tight I give myself permission to have good days and bad days Mm -hmm. I think when we when we begin to fall into comparison and compare ourselves to normal healthy people and like they get to do this and they don't and why do I get to do this then we begin to really like take on a personality trait that isn't healthy all the way around. And it bleeds into everything. So being a business owner, I think was always something that was in my future, but you know, sickle cell disease, I I'm a warrior. Like that's just, <laughs> that's just my mindset.
0: And that, and that's wonderful. And and I see that as, as being one of the things that I want to celebrate with everybody who's on here who listens, who's a part of my business. Again, talking about Facebook and talking about groups, I had gotten into a couple of chronic illness groups. And Mm. I got out of those things faster than a hot potato because they're sitting there, and they're supposedly business owners. Right. and And they're sitting there, and they're going, oh, I just and yeah i I'm hurting so bad from traveling twenty six hours in a week, you know wow. twenty six hours and however many thousands of miles, I could hardly move, and I could sit there and I could cry and I could moan, but I got work to do, dang it, you know, and right. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna <laughs> sit there in one of these groups and go, "Oh, woe is me because I'm hurting because you know God deigned it to give me fibro and rsd you know i think that's a part of us and that needs to be
1: acknowledged
0: but so much more than that
1: yeah yeah and i think that that you said you said you said the word it needs to be acknowledged so i remember going through a phase where when i was working um out in the you know full-time workforce part-time workforce I would not tell employers that I had sickle cell on, you know, resumes or in first interviews or second interviews. I would wait until I had gotten the job. And um, I remember the season in my life where I started to acknowledge, hey, I have sickle cell disease and there may be some limitations that I do and don't have. And, you know, it became one of those things where as long as I communicated. I was no different than anybody else that worked there because everybody was taking off days, you know, and so it was like, I was, I was no different, even though this disease can be wildly unpredictable. I would ask, you know, I have my laptop. Can I work from home today? And if that person told me, no, it is it, their loss. Um, you know, it became their, um, the person that they lost on their team that has nothing to do with me. So I just, i developed a, a resilient mindset um, that says, you know, no matter what happens to me, I'm going to be okay. And um, I think developing that resiliency has called me to, caused me to flourish in other areas of life. And who wants to, like, I just, I don't know. I cannot sit and talk about being sick all day. No. Like I just, I can't. It, I'm not the victim. Life is not happening to me. You know there are so many more layers to who I am. Sickness just has to it just so happens to be a layer, and I just don't necessarily you don't you don't throw away an entire flower because one of the petals doesn't open up the way it's supposed to. You keep you know, cultivating you know, the rest of it. That that
0: is I cannot imagine a better way to end this chat we're having. That is beautiful. And I think it's so much a lesson that we all need to learn. And it's, it's wonderful to know about time blocking and all those things. But I think the real lesson here is how to deal with things in a way, just like you're talking about. That was wonderful. Thank you so much for this time, Alexis. If there was one thing that we haven't talked about that you would like to share with us, what would that be? Um, let's see. One thing that I would
1: like to share. I think that, um, for the chronic illness, you know, warrior that's out there listening, who has a business, I will say that if you keep educating yourself, it does get easier. And, you know, I think that sometimes the frustration that we feel in life with that weird connection between my body, stress, money, business, and, you know, supply and demand, which goes back into stress, money, support business. It's just this 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 loop. Big circle. I will that big circle, right? Well one thing just kind of always impacts the other. I will just say from starting my LLC in 2014, number one, do what works for you. But number two, know that educating yourself does make that loop get better to, to manage. I've never stopped learning. Like I I'm not one of those people that Feels guilty about signing up for like a course or you know uh investing things in myself you know in the online market space so whether it's a course to teach you about how to run your own course or a course to teach you about memberships or you know things that teach you about business and fundamentals you can never learn too much and i have just noticed a direct correlation between the amount of money i earn and the amount of educational opportunities i put myself in so you know you you're holding the reins of your life, not your sickness. So just keep learning. And that's it.
0: Beautiful. If someone <laughs> wants to get to know you better, maybe, you know, hire you to do a project. How do they get a
1: hold of you? Alexis M creative. So it's Alex www. You have to type in the www because my browser. Um, so it's Com. I'm Alexis M creative on Twitter. Alexis M. Creative on Instagram, Alexis M. Creative on Facebook. And so I'm the same all the way around. And that is that first step. Just, you know, uh, I'm the same handle everywhere. So Alexis And that's M. a good
0: branding <laughs> tip too. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes, ma'am. So I am the same everywhere.
0: All right. Thank you so much. And guys, you can hear this and all of our other wonderful, interesting podcasts. Thursday evenings at five o'clock Eastern at www.dontwaittillpigsfly.com And if you have any questions for either Alexis or I, put them in the chat there. If you want to let us know about topics you'd like to hear about in the future, share those with us. Share this and every other podcast that we've done with others. And we look forward to talking to you all again in the future. Thank you again so much, Alexis. And we'll talk again soon. Until next time, get out there, be productive, and soar higher. Take care, y'all. Bye-bye.